Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. This is Locked and Loaded with Rick Munn on TNT. Yep, you better believe it. It is Friday the 8th of uh, December 2023. Yes, Friday the 8th of December 2023. This is TNT Radio. I'm Rick Munn. Uh, this is Locked and Loaded. Hopefully, uh, we'll connect in with the visuals here. Uh, we are uh, currently broadcasting out audio and visual as well on our website, which is tntradio.live. I uh, just want to say to everyone, thank you so, so much. There were some lovely comments in the last hour from you beautiful people in the live chat and right since the inception of uh, the introduction, should I say, of the live chat, which was about, you know, a year and a bit ago. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. I think it adds a lot of depth to the shows that we do, especially when people are picking up on what you people are saying and trying to incorporate them into the show. So there were some lovely comments, some lovely compliments, and uh, yeah, we appreciate each and every one of them. It gives us a little G up and keeps us motivated and keeps us trying to deliver the best that we can here live, coming at you live from TNT Radio. So uh, what is on the cards for this hour for Locked and Loaded? Well, I'm going to be talking to Gemma in a minute or two about yet another breaking news story because we are uh, uh, trying to be as relevant and current and up-to-date as we possibly can here. TNT, today's news talk, and that's what we deliver, and I believe we have been delivering since the station started. Uh, at about 20 past the hour, I'm going to be joined by my old sparring partner, Toby Brown. He is based in the Isle of Wight, and he is responsible for running the Truth Talk UK website. It's a fantastic source of information that he has uh, put together with another uh, friend of mind seek for truth of the x platform and uh they're uh, been working hard at that uh, it's in a little bit of a hiatus at the minute but focusing on personal things and other uh, projects but they will be revitalizing and resurrecting that project in earnest uh, into 2024 so i'm going to be talking to toby at about 20 past the hour as per now looking at a brilliant comment an absolutely brilliant comment on social media last night a chap called patty mckenna from ireland speaking about leo Veredger and helen mcintee two people unfortunately that people are now familiar with who are non-entities that we should not be familiar with but because of their actions their treachery and their disregard of the people of Ireland. Unfortunately, we do know who they are. Uh, Paddy says, welcome to Leo Varadkar's Ireland, uh, where neither Leo Varadkar or Helen McEntee know what a woman is, although Helen claims to be one. Neither of them can define hate, but they're going to legislate against it. And neither of them can define what makes a person far right but they are going to blame those people for everything. So Helen says she's a woman, but she doesn't know what a woman is. Uh, they can't define hate, but they're going to legislate against it. And they think the far right are responsible for all of Ireland's problems, but yet they can't define what far right is either. How bizarre is that? That is the Ireland in which I live at this point in time. At least I'm up in the north part. Thankfully, we're not under the influence of Varadkar. Aunt McEntee at this point in time, uh, looking at Italy, uh, many times we cover stories here in TNT, questions are asked, well, why don't you intervene if there's trouble? What if you see someone being attacked? Why don't you jump in? What if someone's being knifed? Should you intervene? You know, it's a dilemma. And I think you'll know at the time what you should do. But in Italy, uh, this just happened uh, yesterday, in Italy, a man shot dead two of three robbers to defend his shop. Uh, his wife and daughter had both been tied up. 
Uh, he's now been ordered to pay 280,000 euro to the criminal's families and has been imprisoned for up to 17 years. So this uh, reached the end of its uh, court appearance yesterday in Italy. The court decided that he was a vigilante and the liberals have labeled him as a fascist. Think about that just for one minute. A man comes back to his business. It's being robbed by three men. His wife and his daughter have been tied up and assaulted. His business is being robbed. He has a gun. So he decides to defend himself, his property, and his wife and child. He shoots through all three of them, two of which uh, are dead. And as a result of that, he has to pay nearly 300,000 euro in compensation and is facing a 17-year prison sentence and is labelled a fascist and is labelled a vigilante by the Italian justice system. Uh, you know, make of that one what you will. Is that not sending a message out to people that even if you are being robbed, if your family are being assaulted, you just sit back and suck it up like a good compliant citizen? Well, hell no, the Italians don't operate that way and I know I wouldn't. And as somebody once said, it's better to be judged by 12 people than it is to be carried by six. And if you understand what I'm talking about there, this man knew what time it was and he didn't take any chances with his wife, his family or his business. So a couple of things to set the ball rolling here this morning. Unlocked and loaded. Uh, please stay tuned. Gemma is incoming, followed by Toby Brown on the one and only TNT Radio. There's a lot going on, so it's important to stay informed and up to date. Get ready, because here we go. At the top, 30 minutes past and when it breaks. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Gemma, it's quite amusing to watch politicians squirm when they're asked to define the things that they're legislating against. And we have three terms here, uh, hatred, far right, and women. Three terms, hatred far right and women and the Irish government and the Irish prime minister and the Irish justice uh, minister can't define hatred. They can't define what far right is and they can't even define what a woman is. And yet they're putting legislation together based on those three things. How could that even possibly stand up legally when you're asked to define something that you're legislating against and you can't even give a simple definition as the prime minister or the Taoiseach of Ireland? Well, I mean... <laughs> There, there really are no words for these these things, are there? You, when you look at the ludicrousness of what you've just described, and you know, and are they being challenged themselves? Is somebody actually standing up in the Irish press and doing their job as a journalist and saying exactly what you've just said to the people running that country? Um, you know, how can you legislate for something you cannot describe? It doesn't make a political sense. It doesn't make common sense. Where is the challenge to this? Where has it become acceptable that, that oh, yeah, we, we will legislate on something that we're too scared, actually, to uh, nail our colours to the mast on? Because it's very easy to determine what a woman is. And it's very uh, easy also, if you look at the actual political spectrum, to determine what far right is. And it's not people like us. It's not people like us. And that's why they're scared to have the debate, because you can't label, you know, half the planet as far right, which is basically anyone with an anti-establishment opinion these days. And it doesn't matter which establishment you are questioning, whether you're questioning the Italian government or the policies of the Italian government with that with that case that you just outlined of that poor man in self-defense. You know, if you question anything that is coming out of government mouths, you are somehow far right. And they know the argument doesn't stack up. Because there are so many of us from all different walks of life, from all different so-called political persuasions. So that's the reason they won't define anything, because the argument comes crashing down, doesn't it? 
It does. And one of the things, uh, just before we move on to uh, the story that you have for us, one of the things when McEntee was pushed about this, well, what is far right? She said, well, it would include people who are anti-government and it would include people who are, for example, anti-science and anti-establishment. Well, listen, I think it's fair to say that most people would be anti-corrupt government. Most people would be anti-pseudoscience or faux science. And most people would be anti-bad establishment. So she doesn't really uh, add any meat onto the bones. So to simply say that you're, if you're against the government and you question science, you're some kind of far-right extremist. And again, she can't define what far-right is, but she gives these big fluffy terms. You know, in a court of law, you have to provide evidence and it has to be rock solid. There can't be any uh, possibilities or that it's not legit or it's not real, but yet the very definitions that they want us to um, stop using and the very things that they want us to adhere to, they can't even define what they are themselves. So anyway, that's just by the by. This is ongoing and this is continuing to develop in Ireland and will continue to do so for the remainder of the year. Uh, you've got a story for us here this morning regarding uh, Just Call Me Dave, uh, a.k.a. David Cameron. He's been interfering. He's got his fingers in various pies around the world, as you would expect, being a sleazy Tory. Uh, so uh, what's the bottom line with Dave this morning? What's he been up to? Well, he's you know he's he's been busy since he, Lord Cameron got his job as the uh, the UK Foreign Secretary, and he's come under fire over the last few hours. Actually, lots of uh, comment and analysis about his. Uh, he's been accused of interfering in uh, U.S. foreign policy. He's gone out to America. He's currently in Washington D.C. He's given a joint press conference with Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, and um, he's used his time over there so far to urge uh, the U.S. Senate to reverse a decision that they made earlier in the week. They they. Uh, Biden administration had asked for a hundred billion pound, hundred and ten billion pound dollar package uh, to support Ukraine. Uh, Republicans in the Senate voted it down on Wednesday. Come Thursday, David Cameron, Lord Cameron's out there saying, "Listen, I don't want to tell you what to do, but I think it'd be a good idea if you reverse that decision because we really need to send this money to Ukraine. We really, really do." So he's basically over there telling the U.S. Senate how to run itself and how to override its own democratic process. It's not gone down too well. He's been accused of telling the U.S. what to do. But what's interesting is him and Blinken have stood shoulder to shoulder at a press conference yesterday. Um, and looking at some of the language that's come out of that press conference, it's very, very telling. Anthony Blinken has said, our countries, the US and the UK are in lockstep, lockstep. Now, where have we heard that word before? You know, we were using that word lockstep over the last three and a half years. We were banded crazy conspiracy theorists. Now politicians are on the world stage, shoulder to shoulder, lockstep. Uh, Blinken said we stand lockstep to do everything possible to ensure Ukraine continues to stand strongly on its feet and we, we, we will support them. David Cameron himself has said there's no more important relationship than the UK and the USA. So it's kind of an, a mobilizing of the globalist forces standing together. Um, and, and Cameron obviously feels so confident in his position there uh, with, with Blinken that he can basically tell the US Senate, you've made a massive mistake and I'm here to tell you what to do. The language he's used is a very posh English gentleman. You know, He said, I've come here as a friend to America. I'm a friend to Ukraine. And I've just made some arguments about why reversing your decision is exactly exactly the right thing to do. Well, you know, let the US Senate be the kind of judge of its own policies. So over the last few hours, there's been a huge furore of basically saying, stop telling other countries what to do. I don't think it would go down particularly well if, if uh, um, you know, Blinken came over here and started telling us what to do. I don't think we'd stand for it. We're British. We don't like that. But uh, it's just an indication, really, of where the real power it lies uh, and the so-called special relationship between the UK and the US. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and the whole way that the US was even founded and the whole corporation of the, you know, all of that stuff, it's come to the fore here with the this show of solidarity between the two two men. Yeah, there's, I mean, like one thing a politician can be assured of is uh, it's rare to find them, or at least uh, not so rare to find them in their own country. So when you look at uh, the Prime Minister of Australia, a certain Mr. Anthony Albanese, uh, his nickname in Australia is Er Miles Albo or Airbus Albo, because as soon as he got elected and sworn in, the first thing he did was he hopped on a jet and he, he headed off to uh, the Far East. He's always jetting around, racking up the Er Miles, is Anthony Albanese. It's the same thing even with Tony Blair. As soon as he uh, finished his job uh, as PM in the UK, you know, he became an envoy for the Middle East. Now we have Cameron, who's just been made a lord, a so-called lord, so as he can take up his new position with the UK government. Now he's interfering in uh, American politics. And of course, look at the whole business with Ukraine. Uh, look at the interference the Biden family had in Ukraine going back decades, or at least uh, 10 years uh, or more. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, uh, various uh, members of the American government, uh, fingers and pies in Ukraine. It's highly unusual uh, that they don't have outside interests outside of their own country. But the problem is, Gemma, uh, which you're rectifying here at the minute, is nobody's really talking about it. Nobody's talking about what these politicians are doing outside of their own jurisdictions. And most importantly, why are they doing it? And what are they getting in return for it? Uh, where is the transparency? Where is the, you know, the, the disclosures here? Or is it all being done hush-hush? Obviously, because they don't want people to know what they're profiting while they do their deals in other countries. Well, yeah, absolutely. And Cameron, when he was uh, given the position as Lord, his whole financial history since leaving the House of Commons was coming under scrutiny of what he'd been doing. And that that was controversial in itself. And But he's he certainly nailed his colours to the mast. He said that blocking support, he says, for Ukraine is like handing Putin an early Christmas present. So the language is very emotive and he's not backing down on this. So obviously there is something afoot that you rightly allude to. It's like where politicians vested interest, you know, who's doing what with whom, um, him standing shoulder to shoulder with America and controversially telling the American Senate that they've got it wrong, which is quite an unusual thing for a very new UK foreign secretary to do. It's going to rub people up the wrong way. It is rubbing people up the wrong way. That's why over the last few hours they said, listen, Stop interfering. This isn't your country. Yes, you're the foreign secretary, but you're not. You're not a member of the Senate. You know this. It's so rain, wind your neck in, basically. Um, mm -hmm. Whether he will, you know, he's a lord now. He's the UK foreign secretary. He has been the prime minister in his head. He probably does still think he is the prime minister. So you know, once a minister, always a prime minister, always a prime minister. Mm -hmm. I think that's very true. Tony Blair, uh, interestingly, drunk on power, he said it took him 15 years after not being the prime minister. To, to come to terms with the fact that he wasn't the prime minister. He still thought he was. I think they all do. I think they're so consumed by ego and power, they can really never let it go. And don't forget, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, either yourself or anybody out there in the live chat, but once you have been a British Prime Minister for, it doesn't matter how long you've been a PM for, you still get the PM's wage for the rest of your life. So Liz Truss, even though she was only PM for six weeks, she's on a PM wage for the rest of her life or until she hits whatever retirement age she comes to. So not only does Blair and Cameron potentially think, or at least thought they were PM for over a decade after they uh, left the office, but they're still to this day, 
getting the wages of being the British Prime Minister or, you know, uh, sitting in number 10 Downing Street. So uh, it's, a, it's a sick setup. Uh, you know, it's a it's an old boys club and an old girls club for sure in Westminster. And they one thing they do know how to do very, very well, Gemma, and they're super effective at it, is lining their own nests and keeping their noses firmly in the Tories and the, the Labour's um, corruption trough, those greedy little piggies that they all are in the hollowed halls of Westminster. So uh, we're up to time in this one now. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Uh, it's been sterling work all week as normal. That's the fantastic Gemma Cooper. She'll be back in the next hour with James Freeman. If you want a little more uh, of Gem before uh, the weekend finishes, stay tuned for James Freeman. Stay tuned for me here on Locked and Loaded. Rick Munn, uh, Toby Brown will be joining me in just two minutes. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. TNT Radio's Hervoy Morich. Approximately 650,000 Ukrainian men aged 18 to 60 have left Ukraine for Europe since the start of the war. It's a tough spot. If your country is being invaded, uh, that's one thing, and you're a, a male and a citizen. Um, but you know, if the war, if it's a globalist war, I, I wouldn't want to participate <laughs> in these banker globalist wars and. Most of them just uh, are. Hervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was going to make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas. May your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Are we on the air? Am I on the air? You're on the air. On the air 24-7. Your news talk giant. TNT. Okay, this is Locked and Loaded. It's Friday the 8th of December, and I'm going to be joined by a very special guest. Some of you in the live chat, or at least one of you, Molly Bite, said, did Rick just say that Chubby Brown is joining him in the studio, or am I going nuts? Yes, you're going nuts. I'm not being joined by Roy Chubby Brown, but rather by the even more marvellous uh, Toby Brown, uh, currently uh, in Scone somewhere in the Isle of Wight. He is the curator and the founder and the driving force behind the wonderful Truth Talk UK website and also he is no stranger to TNT Radio Locked and Loaded in specific. Welcome back Mr. Toby Brown, not Roy Chubby Brown. How the hell are you doing today? Yeah, good thanks. I don't think I've ever been called Chubby in my life to be honest with you um, but yeah, I'm alright mate. I'm alright. Good to see you again. You're looking very uh, bright and breezy for the early morning as it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we've got to make an effort here. As you know, it's a shocker when you're told you're going to be live on air because normally, with all due respect, you do look like you've been dragged through a hedge backwards, but you're allowed to sit in your little office with, you know, your little light on and nobody can see you. And I was the same for a very, very long time. Now I have to make a little bit of an effort. I still haven't found a razor yet. 
Uh, I can't shave. I'm, I'm claiming a medical exemption from shaving. Uh, it brings me out in big white blotches and all that business. So, uh, yeah, beard's for the win, though, mate. And I must say, your beard is looking pretty damn fine, if I do say so myself, in a very heterosexual way. How do you think about that? Thanks, mate. Yeah, it was. Um, it's born out of laziness more than anything, to be honest with you. So, same with the uh, with this. It was through lockdown. It was just it got longer and longer, and it was loads easier than getting cut every three weeks. So, um, yeah, out of laziness comes something sometimes, doesn't it? So, I'm quite happy with it. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I have highlighted. Uh, you know, we we're fast and loose here uh, on Locked and Loaded, mm. and you and I are no strangers to this either. There's a lot going on in the world, and as always, uh, you know, I prefix almost everybody that I talk to at the minute with the statement: a lot of water has passed under the bridge since the last time we spoke. And in you and I's case, it's only been four weeks. But again, there's always constant change happening, and I want to zone in a little bit uh, on the UK at this point in time, and also in Ireland, uh, especially Ireland. I'm not sure if you're following closely what's happening over there at the minute but we have our version of the hate speech law that is uh, they're trying mm. to really steamroll it through uh, the Irish Parliament at this point in time. So I want to look at that very briefly because obviously we're against censorship. We're all for freedom of speech, both you and I, Truth Talk UK and also mm -hmm. uh, TNT Radio. So the an Irish minister, and I'm just going to use her words here, Ireland's hate speech bill and crackdowns and online mis uh, misinformation are fundamental to protecting our liberal democratic values, said the media minister, Catherine Martin. Uh, her remarks were made in the Irish Parliament ahead of a confidence vote in Justice Minister Helen McEntee. And of course, this is possibly one of the most inept government ministers in history. On the face of planet Earth, the Irish Justice Minister Helen McEntee. Ireland is going to hell in a handcart, but she claims it's a safe place to be. And she reckons she's going to make it safer by restricting the like of you and I, what we can actually say in public and what we can say for example, on a radio show or even on a social media platform. So if you were silenced today, Toby, if you were silenced today, would that stop you from being a revolutionary? Would it stop you from being a libertarian? Would it stop you from being someone who values freedom? Or would it just be an almighty pain in your ass? No, it would be a pain in the ass, but it would be a kick up my ass as well. I think um, anyone who cares about actually a real liberal society should care about free speech. And it's really interesting how sort of liberalism has been skewed towards pseudo fascism nowadays in the way that you know you, they've shut you down they'll ban you they'll they'll put laws against rather than discuss with you you're just labeled uh, and dismissed and it's it's uh it's it's not a good way to argue anything so no i'm i'm a, as you know a, a massive proponent of free speech and a lot of the laws it's not just ireland as well if you look around the world there's a lot more of these sort of creeping things coming in the eu's just done something recently on uh the online stuff where they're going to regulate the platforms i know uh one of their guys has been sounding off against elon recently so i mean it's a fight we all need to fight as we've said on many occasions but obviously it's quite prominent in your backyard at the moment it is uh but you know the thing is with with our backyards uh whether it's happening in my backyard or your backyard uh, in primarily today, it'll come to your or my backyard sooner rather than later because mm. this word lockstep is bandied about a lot. We can see crackdowns on, uh, you know, the online harms bill, for example, in the UK. And even last year when Musk uh, bought Twitter and promised that it would be a town hall, it would be an open area where everybody could talk freely. Uh, he had his knuckles wrapped firmly uh, by the EU, mm. uh, you know, communications czars to say, listen, uh, you'll be regulated by, for example, Ofcom within the UK and they will have the ultimate part 
say, we do not accept you uh, promoting certain ideas and fundamentals, ideologies in your platform. So you can give your listeners freedom of speech if you really want, but you as the business owner or you as the platform will pay for that either in hefty financial fines or being taken off air completely. A la RT News, whenever the whole Ukraine Russia mm. thing kicked off <clears> last year, sure they were blocked. We can't get them in the UK. Yeah, it's the same with press TV as well. That was another one that was blocked. And it's it's not about um anything that's really bad keeping out of line. It's it's all about content and uh, maintaining the narrative and managing the uh, the content of that so that the story is aligned with the way they want it to be aligned. And they've had their way with that for so many years with you know, 9-11, the Iraq war, you know, the dodgy dossier with with a compliant press, they're able to sell everything to the public. And we saw that, especially with the Biden election and, you know, all the COVID stuff that the government were in lockstep with business and social media and, and Twitter coming out of that has been a real pain in their ass. And, and you can see it by the way that, you know, they're making special cases for X or Twitter saying it's, you know, got this sort of content, that sort of content on it when there's five times as much on Facebook or TikTok or, or whatever. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a massive um, targeting because, again, he's he's kind of put put their noses out of joint a bit, hasn't he? He has. He has. And that's the thing. You know, love the guy or hate the guy. I can't take away from the fact that I, use, I have used that platform pretty effectively in getting a message across, as have you over the last, what, three years. Mm. And, in fact, there I go, I go a yeah. step further. I wouldn't have got... Uh, into TNT Radio if someone hadn't watched the video I put up on a Twitter feed, you know, two years ago, two and a half years ago and sent it to somebody else who spoke to me and, and here I am today. You and I would never have met if it wasn't mm. for that platform. So I think a, a lesson is in this as well is that you can use the platform, but don't let the platform use you. I think that is the key to this, Toby. And, uh, you know, if we can use it as a weapon against uh, the globalist, then we should do it whether or not we perceive that the person who owns it is a globalist or not. We can still They'll take it and use it to our advantage, as we're doing, even as we speak right now. But we've got to take a quick um, news break right now, just 30 seconds. And when we come back, I want to look at some of the stuff uh, that you've been highlighting on your own social media feeds that we can talk about here live on TNT Radio. Don't go away. What a news day this is turning out to be. Let's finish it. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Hunter Biden has been indicted on felony tax crimes. The first son accused of splashing millions of dollars on his lavish lifestyle rather than paying his taxes. Radio host Alex Jones has dropped a bombshell claiming President Joe Biden's cognition has deteriorated to a point where the Commander-in-Chief is now walking around the White House naked, not knowing who he is. And a date has been set for Russia's presidential election, with voters to head to the polls in just 14 weeks' time. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT Radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play, so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT Radio. Okay, we're coming at you live. This is TNT Radio. I'm Rick Bunn. This is Locked and Loaded. I'm speaking to Toby Bryan. This is really bizarre, actually, because I'm looking at his X feed right now. And on his X feed right now, I'm on it live. Uh, he's put a link through there to the TNT Radio live stream on his uh, Twitter page. And it's quite bizarre that I'm actually looking at him 
on his own X feed and me talking uh, <laughs> as this uh, show is actually progressing. It's quite a trip, actually. There's a little bit of a delay there between it being live five seconds and it actually going to broadcast. But listen, this is all progress, uh, Toby. I think you would agree. Uh, you guys uh, really took the Truth Talk website last year and ran with it. I was explaining to people before you came on, uh, dealing with some personal stuff, other business interests at this moment in time. But you said the last time you were on uh, Locked and Loaded that in 2024, hopefully uh, you'll resurrect the Truth Talk platform along with other things and maybe develop them a little further as we're trying to do with TNT. So I think it's good to use these things as benchmarks in a way, because when we first, uh, you know, got talking together, you and I, we weren't live streaming. We weren't video streaming. You didn't have the Truth Talk website, I don't think. Mm. And you've done a hell of a lot more since then. So progress is being made, uh, I think is a fair comment. Yeah, it was embryonic when um, COVID and that started. It was around the first sort of time, uh, that sort of time. Um, but yeah, progress has been moving. Although, as you know, we've had private stuff going on, and as I've shared with you, that other project I've I've sort of had happening as well, um, which is sort of coming to uh, well any day this week. We're trying to work out what's going on with that. But um, January definitely. I wanted January the first to at least have the the sort of a, a bit more of a brushed up truth talk up and running again, which. All being well, I should be able to do. Um, as I've mentioned to you, the second project that's coming out of that might be a bit later now because of other stuff that's happened. But all in all, it's, it is moving forwards. And I think more than anything now, it's it's necessary that all of us kind of combine, um, share information, share messages, share what we know. And I think the, the time for trying to beat people around the head to convince them that stuff's up is is kind of past. The time now is, you know, we, we know there's a problem. What are we going to do about it? And it's it's more now what we do about it. And I think that's what's getting lost with everyone at the moment. They're all going, oh, my God, this is happening. This is happening. And and they're all getting so overwhelmed with so much that's going on in the world, locally, globally, in, in, in every way, that it, it people just aren't even stopping to think, right, what am I going to do? And I think that's mm -hmm. the important point now. What, what are you going to do? Do you think, uh, and again, we talked uh, just before the news there about, you can use uh, things that you're, you know, I wouldn't say fundamentally against, but I'm more of a believer in face-to-face -face communication. I, I love mm. interacting with people. I love talking to people, you know, in the real world more than I do, for example, using this medium. So I'd rather be talking to you over a table uh, with a cup of coffee or, or you know, dandering around, uh, you know, talking shop with you face-to-face. -face. But we can't do that today. So we're using this medium. Have people... Do you think, because this is something I've been mulling about a lot, have people been conditioned to accept that action on a social media platform is a, a substitute, a better substitute than, for example, getting out into a community or making a difference in a community? And I think there's room for both here. But what I mean is, I think boots on the ground has been substituted a lot for fingers on keyboards. And I'm guilty of it too. Maybe you're guilty of it too. Is that part of the problem with tech is that we can use it as a substitute for actual real world action because it's in the real world that we're going to make a change. Ultimately, it might be initiated online, but it's mm. going to have to happen in the real world. It's not going to be a digital revolution from our side, is it? No, I, I agree with you. Um, the, the, the problem is with, with phones, when they first came out, everyone thought it was so cool you could send a text message. And so communication became very abbreviated and, and shortened and um and people just carried that on now and i i get messages on all forms of social media messenger instagram twitter everything and and for me that's cool i'll log in and i'll read that and i'll get back when i go in there that's not urgent if you want to get hold of me phone me and 
I, I sort of started looking at it about a month ago. The amount of people who just send a message and then get on people because you haven't replied. It's like, phone me. That's how we're supposed to communicate. And this is a, a massive problem that, number one, every time that phone rings, you get a little shot of dopamine, like uh, when you complete a game or a task, and it, it makes you feel good. And And people have, in a way, substituted the human connection that you get from seeing another human smile or making them laugh or them doing it to you too. And they, they've substituted that for that. And it's like methadone to a heroin addict. It's, it's going to kind of hit, but never really be the same sort of thing. Mm. And so everyone sat around looking at these little black things, looking for the, the feeling that they should get from being in a room with another person that cares about them. And they're not getting it. And, and that's why people are just starved. A, they're starved of emotion and they crave it so much, which is why there's so many desperate people around just grabbing onto any attention that comes the way and two is why people are so emotionally overwhelmed all the time because you can't pour out how you feel to a little black screen it just doesn't work so yeah i think they're killing society i really do uh there was a great i heard a great uh soundbite this week from denzel washington some people love him some people hate him but he talks a lot of sense concerning a lot of issues and one of the things that he said was he said back in the day he said people were concerned about getting like uh, being liked by the person directly in front of them. So if you were trying to hook up with a girl, you were trying to impress the girl that was directly in front of you or the boy, depending on uh, who, who you were uh, chasing after at the time. That mm. was your focus. And that's what you put all your time and effort into. You know, you improved yourself. You went out of your way for a person. You tried to hook up with a person. You tried to impress that person. You see, the problem is today, people are trying to impress five million people. They want to be liked by 10,000 people. they do. It's not enough to get one like on your social media platform. You want 10 likes and 10 likes is better than one, but it's not as good as 50 and 50 is not as good as 100. And of course, if you can get into four figures, there are a thousand people, you start to think, hey, I'm liked by people. And then you start doing things that are out of character simply because you know that will get you likes. And then you start to become mm. somebody that you're actually not. Is that not a very good point old Denzel made? He said, what about focusing on, on getting the people, not even I don't mean doing it in a in a false way, in a pretend, uh, you know, in a full way. You know, I'm acting a certain way just to make you like me. But you get what I mean. Just going out of your way to do good for people, to be respectful to people, to honor people, uh, to try and help people that are at a loose end. Not to get them to like you, but because you know it improves that uh, you know relationship that you have in the real world, rather than being some mm. kind of fake and putting filters on yourself and you know saying things that you know will appeal to people or being controversial for the sake of being controversial for a, a, a group of non-entities on an online platform. See, I think that's another part of the problem. It is. You, you touched on a few things there. I'll quickly try and go over them. But uh, number one, humans, uh, we seek validation in everything we do. Um, from our parents growing up, that's right, that's wrong. For, to our partners, to our jobs, to everything we want to achieve, but to our peers. And that is something that people chase, again, with the dopamine, with the likes and stuff on social media. So that's, that's validation of the thing I'm doing or that this is cool or funny. The other thing you mentioned about, yes, you're right, when you used to court people and now you try and court people or impress one person and now you try to impress everyone. Back in those days, you didn't have a little screen, so you'd visualise that person, you'd sit and you'd think about them. You'd imagine going out with them and doing all these things which would create that, that would make it happen from your own sort of uh, belief of the fact that that would be true. And going on to the doing good thing, yeah, we are wired to feel really really good there's no feeling better for humans than helping another human and that that feeling of helping someone making them smile 
getting someone out of pickle, then that that real gratitude that you get makes you your, your DNA and your body shake in a way that nothing else does. And again, you're right. When you're not around anyone to f see that gratitude or get that gratitude, it's a completely different thing that you're chasing. And you want that again, but you're chasing the digital one because you're not putting yourself yeah. in a situation where you can get the other. And again, this is why the world's a bit crap at the minute because no one's actually out there helping each other. They're all sat at home on their social media wondering why no one's helping them. And the other thing is to numbers. Um, I think uh, part of the problem is uh, the, the fact that if you notice, uh, a lot of these platforms have become more statistically orientated. So what mm -hmm. I mean by that is when you put a post up on any platform, and I, I don't use uh, Facebook and, uh, you know, I don't really use uh, Instagram or anything like that, primarily it's X. But if you look at the bottom of everything you do, there's I'm looking at it right now, there's three little uh symbols the first one is to, it's a it's a speech bubble to do with comments yeah. the second one is a little uh round arrow that's to do with repostings and the third one is a little heart which is to do with um the amount of people that like it and then there's a fourth uh bar has been added it's a little graph it's the amount of impressions that you get so think about this for everything that you do now, you can add You're a glance, right see thing. how successful or how much of a failure that this has been in the eyes of the Minus general shopping. public. So, isn't it? So, <laughs> uh, if you don't have a, a certain amount of numbers in your comments, you think, well, nobody really has interest in what I say. If you don't have the little arrows, nobody's reposting what I do. If you don't have the little hearts, nobody likes what I'm doing. And if you don't have the little bar chart at a certain amount of member, nobody's seeing what I do. So, mm. why do we need? four statistical markers on everything that we do, how much better would it be if they were removed completely? Because if they were removed completely, then people wouldn't be attracted to them that have nothing to aim for. And I think these platforms would all fall flat on their faces. They need us to be hooked on statistics. They need us to be hooked on likes and loves because our dopamine hits is really what feeds their advertising income. True, but this isn't this isn't a new thing either. I remember, uh, Christ, fifteen odd years ago now, maybe before when when the web really sort of exploded and there was a big growth of online forums. Everyone used to discuss everything, and we used to run a forum, and um, it was all to do with football and sports, and and the amount of people who wanted to make sure theirs was first or the most replied to or they had the most posts in x forum or you know so this is going back 15 20 years that that the people were still looking to have the numbers the best this the most that and so it's not a new thing and again yeah it goes back to the human condition of the verification and, and validation and status and you know a way where you sit amongst your peers and and again it's it's a totally inaccurate benchmark i mean you've got for want of a better phrase absolute dribbling idiots with millions of followers and you've got some of the smartest people i know have got like 10. you know it's 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 an upside down world but that's what happens when you know the fall of empires you, you prioritize celebrity and and the the insane is sane and and what's up is down and that's where we are now you know that what the the unimportant and the stupid are, are echoed and amplified and and the stupid that the smart and the uh the, the sane are, are run down and, and shut down and it's not not right at all it's just classic inversion and that's the buzzword uh, you know uh, we yeah. use a lot here is inversion you know that which is right is wrong that which is wrong is right evil is good good is evil you know mm. smart is dumb dumb is smart uh, and the weaker strong in position 
but the stronger and weak position. So yeah, just fits mm. in with this whole inversionist uh, thing that's going on in the world right now. And it's kind of hard to stomach. I'm sure you find it hard to stomach as well, because, you know, it's it's not nice to see that you know there's people out there who could do a damn better, better job in just about every area, but they're not getting the airtime. They're not getting the position. They're not getting the influence. Mm. But, you know, maybe the old hard times, weak men, weak time, hard times and all that business, it is cyclical. And uh, our time will come again, I do believe, Mr. Brown, no doubt about it. Uh, we're going to take another quick ad break right now. And when we come back, look at some of the other things that you've been uh, highlighting in your feed and some of the other things that I've been seeing here in the UK as we lead up to the end of the show. Please stay tuned. More to come here on Locked and Loaded TNT Radio. We'll be right back. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Last week, Elon Musk, the owner of X, was asked about the boycott uh, of advertisers like Disney and Apple who have pulled off the site after he uh, retweeted an anti-Semitic tweet and for some other reasons. And uh, he didn't hold back in his response. Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's gonna try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. But go fuck yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. And he says that if the boycott forces X to close up shop, the public will know who to blame. What this advertising boycott is uh, is, is going to do, it's, it's going to kill the company. And you think that that... Uh, I, but, and the whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company, and we will document it in great detail. But they're going to say that, they're going to say, Elon, that you killed the company because you said these things and that they were inappropriate things and that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform, right? Let's that's see, that's and, what and they're going to say. And let's see how Earth responds to that. Earth to Elon, only time will tell. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT Radio Vision. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container, because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. This is Locked and Loaded with Rick Munn on TNT. Yeah, we're just having a chat uh, during the break there as well. I was a little bit concerned. Uh, Tobe was having a puff at something. I thought he took a heart attack and I thought, oh, hell no, he's going to die live on air. But you know what? Being honest about it, setting aside our, you know, friendship, it would have been damn good for figures. We're talking about viewing figures. How how much would it be talked about? Uh, uh, TNT guest dies live on air. I guarantee you, Toby, sadly, for all the re wrong reasons, people would be tuning in to watch you die quicker than they would be tuning in to watch you live. And that is another part of the problem, I think. All the negativity and all the sewer stuff is really, sadly, what people actually do seem to gravitate towards these day and age. The more violence that's there, the more abuse, uh, you know, language and blasphemy, mm. uh, shootings, burnings, stabbings, 
it is the newsworthy stuff. It's the stuff that people want to see. It's the old slowing down to look at the car crash at the other side of the road, even though you know you shouldn't be doing it. It's the sick voyeurism that we have. It's not hardwired into us, again, like the, the desire to help people. That's one positive. But is there also this dark, shady, voyeuristic, evil, twisted side that we all have that seems to slow down and get a peek and see if we can see a limb hanging out of that uh, car rack at the other side of the road? Or is that something that's developed, do you think? with you know media bombardment i think everyone has a morbid curiosity i mean that that that's standard but um you are seeing a degradation of society absolutely uh i mean again we, i spoke about it last time i think i was on one of my favorite films has an absolutely phenomenal quote in it and, and it basically goes through some bits and it's like yeah do you remember when a few years ago celebrities eating bugs on survivor was like wow that was out there and now it seems really quaint and it's like you're watching kids beat up tramps and set fire to them and put on YouTube and doing it for likes. And this is the thing. They're doing it for likes, doing it for audience. And it's it, it's just wrong. And it is – I don't know why it is. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's multipolar. But it's growing, and there's lots more of it happening because people just don't seem to care anymore. There's just no no society to society. It's, it's, it's breaking down and it's lawless. And when people see online one person get away with something, they think, well, sod it, they, they, they do it, why can't I? And you're seeing this across America with, you know, in, in, in states where people are just going in, looting stores and walking out with stuff. And then that will spring up around in other places. And, and people are just copying and mimicking because there's there's no punishment anymore even if you do get caught what are they going to do to you you know it's there's no there's there's no risk no reward uh there's mm. there's no punishment anymore there's no no respect there's no there's there's no society mate it's, it's still falling apart uh you cut a lot of stuff you said there I want to pick up on. Uh, the first thing is the lack of consequence. If there is no consequence, mm. then you'll get lawlessness. It's as simple as that. That's why you're seeing these lootings happening in America. They're told if the value of the goods is under, say, $1,000, you're not going to be prosecuted. So what's yeah. to stop someone coming in there with a gang of their mates and looting, not just once or twice, but you could literally go in uh, seven days yeah, a week. Weekly. And that's, of course, mm. but that's, that's leading to the closures of these businesses that are supplying goods and services to areas that are providing employment. So it's it's a real which is the plan uh, which is the plan it's a very very destructive thing and also distance we're talking about uh online so mike tyson came out with a brilliant observation when it came to social media he said social media has removed the fear of being punched in the face when you actually disrespect someone in real life so you know it's yeah. easy to talk smack about mike tyson for example online but you know if he was sitting in front of you and you could see he wasn't a particularly happy bunny and he didn't feel he had anything to lose would you open your mouth so quickly and think about driving mm. as well just as you're talking things are coming into my head someone said about a road rage it's very easy uh, to get on your horn and start cursing at other drivers and throwing up uh, obscene gestures when you've been caught up in your car. They reckon psychologically that's because you're in a car, you're actually in a bubble and you're moving and you could get away from that. It doesn't happen when maybe someone cuts in front of you when you're walking down the high street. You don't start screaming obscenities at them, shaking your fists at them, threatening to, you know, beat them to a pulp. Why? Because there's no bubble. There, you've been. There's a distance mm. between you and the results of your actions. Does that not again uh, contribute to the reason uh, that we are in the position that we're in? Nobody has any fear of consequences. Or to quote Mike Tyson, "No one's afraid of getting a punch in the face because uh, you're not in front of them to actually do it when you're disrespecting other people online." 
I mean, if we had as many sort of freedom and truth warriors as there are keyboard warriors, we wouldn't be in this problem, would we? Mm -hmm. uh, to be honest mm -hmm. with you, it's, it's very easy for people to sit and complain. And also, you know, like I say, throw drives and troll. And I know I've done my fair share of giving people a bit of needle online, you know, for, from a distance. Yeah. But, you know, I, I totally understand that if I bumped into them, I might, might deserve a smack in the mouth. But you're right. It's, it's a lack of consequence. People um, back in our day, you, you were kind of held a little bit more your actions and it's a lot easier to sort of sit behind the face especially anonymous people online um and just be a twat basically mm -hmm. i mean it doesn't bring anything good does it It doesn't help in any way shape or form but yeah. unfortunately it's, it is all too easy and again it's, it's one of those negative things to, to shock it's shock value and again for likes and for audience and it's just it's pointless mate it's not getting us anywhere is it no, it's not. And I was going to say, I was going to add a little bit in there. You know, you and I, actually, you and I are perfectly capable of being twats online as well. But at least, <laughs> at least they know what your name is and my name is, and they yeah. know what we look like. Should they bump in this in the street and want to make it into an issue? So I'm not saying that you have to come out. You know, some people want to stay anonymous because of their jobs or because maybe they don't want uh, people in their families knowing who they are, who they are. You know, Jordan Peterson famously, you know, cried a lot about on anonymous online trolls giving him jip my my simple solution is if you can't hack getting flack from anonymous people online then get offline you don't need to be on there in the first place and is that not another thing you know one thing's leading to another with this conversation. The things that people are bitching and moaning about, they actually have the power to deal with them very quickly, either by removing themselves from a toxic situation, removing themselves from a toxic environment, or getting into the real world more, Toby. Instead of spending all mm. night, day online bitching about how bad it is being online, get offline and go into the real world and have a conversation and try and impress someone and do something for real rather than, you know, living vicariously through through a keyboard. And I know some people, maybe they don't have a social circle or they're maybe socially anxious, but I'm talking generally here, you know, do something about it rather than just talking about it. Well, some people spend so much time cultivating their online image that they kind of forget who they are, or even it's maybe the person that they wish they were and can't be offline. Um, but yeah, offence is always a, a funny one, isn't it? I mean, I, there are people who just troll people's tweets for, for years and years and years looking for something objectionable to go back at it. And I, I always live very much by the maxim that you can't be offensive. Offence is, is taken by someone. You you can't give offence. So what I say to Joey over here might upset Jane over there. Um, and so it's very subjective in that sense. And I think if you pick through anything enough, you could always find something to be offended by. And that's what these perpetually offended people are about. They, they you know, if something affects their or upsets their persona, it's like, oh my God, how could you? This offends me because my great uncle's grandma had pink pubic hair or something. Oh, you know, something ridiculous like that. It's like, just get a life. I mean, literally get a life, go out there and, and do something like you say, because this whole digital sphere of angst and anger and and just that you're building up is is it's it's killing you mate it's going to make you sick and these are probably the people who've had them death jabs as well so inside their bodies just this toxic mess of bad energy and crap drugs basically mm. chill mm. out go out there and get a haircut and and go and find yourself some decent friends and you might feel a lot better <sighs> 
I like I like I like the cut of your jib here this morning. There's an old fellow. It's a bit of a rant, Matt, wasn't it? <laughs> I can't. Yeah, well, yeah, that's welcome. Uh, I look at these shows myself, personally speaking. They're quite cathartic for me because I dump everything mm. online uh, on on camera, and then when I finish these shows, I get the hell offline and get out into the real yeah. world. So it's me uh, unloading a little bit. But I can't remember what the film. It was either the Wild One or Rebel Without a Cause. When uh, the, it was either James Dean or Marlon Brando was asked the question, uh, "What are you actually rebelling against?" and the answer was well what do you got what have you got anything you have i'll rebel against it some people are like that with bitching online what are you bitching about today well what have you got you know what are you complaining about mm, what have you got perpetually okay, so, offended uh, you know, crew perpetually offended crew uh let, just to round this one up there's a there's a tweet that you highlighted here or an x or an excrement as i like to call them uh that was posted <laughs> up this week um that uh or excretion uh that was posted up this week by a account called wall street silver i actually highlighted this one myself but i noticed you've highlighted it too uh, it's to do with the comment on the blaze uh, senator dick durbin wants to make it possible for illegal immigrants to join the u.s military mm. uh, he says do you know what the recruiting numbers are at the army the navy and the air force uh, the uh, their quotas can't be reached each month we're going to have to uh, potentially enlist uh, you know Im immigrants or illegal aliens in here to fill our ranks the same things happening in ireland with the guardi uh, the angarda shikana the irish police force they're leaving in droves their senior management want out they can't get an irish person to fill the irish head of intelligence post they're talking about advertising it in russia and china so we could have a chinese head of Irish intelligence. I kid you not. That's the position we're coming to now, again, with the degradation of society. Is this not a chilling and a sobering, um, you know, warning of the direction we're going when they're actually mooting, uh, having foreign people in our armies, militaries, intelligence service and police forces because they can't get enough indigenous folk to fill those posts? One of the things I remember reading years back, and I know we've not got a lot of time, so I'll be quick, was was very much about the the replacement of not just people in a society, but the army and the police force. Because one of the hardest things is getting a uh, an authority to turn on their own people, their own populace. And one of the most chilling lines I always remember in reading about that was, it's a lot easier to do when they don't speak the same language. And that's what they're doing. They're importing these guys that are going to be used against us eventually. Um, and it's a lot easier to do when they're not your own. It's, and it's happening again everywhere. You've got the invasion in America. You've got to happen all over Europe. You've got to happen here. Ireland. You know, it, it, it's happening. So, yeah, uh, scary times, mate, because they are the sort of people who would attack us. Mm -hmm. How are you finding it in, uh, just uh, as we do wrap this one up, uh, you, are, are you insulated to a degree in the Isle of Wight, I know it's not exactly uh, Birmingham or Bradford or London or Dublin over there, uh, but are you reasonably well insulated in the Isle of Wight to all this? Or if you are at this point in time, could you see it uh, encroaching into your little uh, corner of the world uh, sooner rather than later? It's, it's quite an insular place here anyway. I mean, we all look after our own and, and um, outsiders are, are spotted and known. And obviously, we've got the little stretch of water between us and the mainland. So... We, we, we're quite well insulated, I like to think. Um, but even though, you know, even then you don't know. don't know what's going to go on. You don't know what's going to go down. But I know that 140,000 people down here on this space, locked away from the rest of the UK, is probably better than over there with the rest of the 67 million, to be honest. 
Well, when you uh, you brought a wry smile to my face there when you say, you know, we're pretty, everyone knows everyone here and there's a little stretch of water between us and the mainland. I could say the same thing for Ireland uh, going back 30 or 40 years. But uh, yeah, look what's happening to us, albeit on a larger mm -hmm. scale. So don't think that that little stretch of channel uh, could potentially save your bacon over there because anything could happen. We're seeing actually uh, entire villages here with their population trebling overnight in rural Ireland, you know, 600 people mm. in the village, all of a sudden the population's 2,000 because 1,200 men have been bussed in over a weekend, stuck in army bark type accommodations. So I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm saying this kind of tongue in cheek, mm. but maybe the next time we talk, uh, you know, you could have uh, a lot of new neighbours over there in the very tranquil Isle of Wight, but I hope not. Wouldn't uh, surprise because, me. Uh, I'm hoping to I'm hoping to make it over to visit you sometime. I think we had a yes, uh, you should, mate. Blast. You should, you should. I I, I mean it. I, I'm thinking uh, I'd like to get over and uh, see you in person and see where you live because I like a little bit of solitude and a little bit of isolation myself. I'm just funny like that. But Toby, we are up to the end of the hour. I cannot believe it. Uh, the music will be kicking in any minute now. Just if you can, please uh, support Toby. Go on to his um, he has a website, Truth Talk uh, UK. You'll be able to see more updates on that come 2024 and also follow them at, uh, let me see, let me just get this right. Just get this right. Yeah, his Twitter account or his X account is Original Toby at Original Toby or at Truth Talk UK. Follow him and support him. Big love to you, mate. I probably will talk to you before Christmas. Have a great you one. Too. We'll stay in touch and uh, all being well, we'll hook up again in the new year. That's Toby Brown. I'm Rick Mum. That's not Chubby Brown. I'm Chubby Mum chubby brown uh stay tuned uh for james freeman and i'm not going to make any comments about him he'll be in here like an exocet missile just after the break don't go away this is tnt radio over and out.